Listen in Fridays to Times Like This on Aura City Radio in partnership with Luxembourg Times. Dario from Lux Times joins us. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Good. Glad to have you back. Uh, it's been an interesting week. There's some good stories here. That's indeed, uh, yes. Let's jump into it. Uh, sure. Lux Air, we've spoken about quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, and they have blasted the government for keeping doors shut to Britons. Last week we were told everyone should fly Luxair. Uh, and I guess they're saying, why won't you let people fly Luxair? Yes, it, we were quite surprised by the strong reaction that Luxair came out with. Uh, the, the story was originally about uh, about travel restrictions. Um, and of course, um, up until January of this year, UK citizens could benefit from the transition period and basically st- stick to the same rules as EU citizens. So it was mm-hmm. relatively easy for them to come into Luxembourg. And then uh, come ja- 1st of January, all of a sudden, the UK was a third party country, as they mm-hmm. call it, a horrible, t- uh, horrible term. Um, and uh, basically uh, could no longer enter, enter, enter Luxembourg um, because the EU do- or Luxembourg doesn't recognize the, the COVID vaccine that's coming out of the UK. So basically, you have to have an essential reason to come to Luxembourg. But if you, for instance, we, we, we heard of, of parents who cannot visit their kids because that's not a valid reason to come into Luxembourg. Right. Um, she just basically cannot visit the country. And so wh- what vaccine is being used there that isn't recognized here? And is it because they don't have the COVID pass in the UK? I think right? because, you know, in Europe, uh, there, there is one single COVID pass. In the UK, it's not the same pass. Mm. And that's it's, it sounds like a very beautiful... Because the thing is that Brussels has said, well, you know, we can start... Guys, we can start relaxing these rules a little mm. bit. And Luxembourg is only one of four European countries that still bars entry of uh, third-party uh, citizens. Okay. In our case, most importantly, uh, UK citizens, obviously, because there's a lot of UK people uh, living here, mm-hmm. not a lot of Brit, uh, Brits living here. If you travel for business, you can still do that. Or you have to say it's essential business. Um, but if you're traveling for family reasons or for tourism reasons, or just because you want to come here, that's not good enough. Uh, it's not happening. And uh, so we thought, well, that's interesting. Why would that be? We haven't been able to find out mm-hmm. why that is. Uh, we're hoping to get some reactions from politicians uh, politicians about this. Um, but uh, but Luxair also said it's ridiculous. It needs to stop because it's costing us business and it's an important uh, important uh, route, route yeah. for us. So you need to you need to fix it. It's an interesting case, I think, because why would Luxembourg not uh, uh, not not be a little bit easier uh, on on this travel? It's it's I, we don't know. It's also. Brits can re- go go to Germany really easily and then and then, and then cross, the, sure. cross the border. That would mean they're in the country <clears throat> illegally. But um, yeah, I don't think that that you'd stand a big chance of, of, of landing in trouble over that. So mm. it's 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 inconsistent as well. It's inconsistent across all of Europe, uh, but it's particularly inconsistent in this case. Uh, the next story that's uh, John Monaghan was working on. So top court slaps down ex-EU auditor for expense abuse uh, with uh, Carol yes. Pinkston being stripped of two-thirds of his pension. (laughs) Two-thirds of his probably not immaterial pension. Uh, So here you've got the European Court of Audits. It's a very boring name, but that's that's a very uh, august body. Uh, It's actually a court with uh, 27 members. Each EU country uh, sends a member into that board. Mm -hmm. And those are usually people who have already done some prominent work in their own countries. Okay, the Dutch member is uh, was a former uh, ombudsman, for instance. 
And uh, so these are people who uh, should really have the highest standards because their job is to check whether there's no uh, overspending on the EU budget. That's uh, precisely what Carol Pinkston has now been uh, found guilty of. Uh, well, it was the ECJ that ruled that. I don't know if you can say that because that's not a criminal court, of course. But uh, uh, So they should have the highest standards. And then there is this Belgian member, former Belgian member, Carol Pinkston, uh, also a, a Flemish politician who uh, who apparently uh, used his uh, credit card, work credit card, uh, to buy fuel for, uh, for for his family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he had a, he was a he had a chauffeur-driven car, and he was on a monthly salary of twenty-two thousand euros. That's all right if you can get it, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> so quite why he needed free fuel, I can't sort of can't uh-huh. really see that, but. Um, there you go, and um, it's interesting because it, this was because um, uh, he, he has diplomatic immunity mm. in his role, uh, but the ECA waived this because the case was so serious, and then the European Court of Auditors, so not the National Court but the European Court, they said you have to uh, you, you you have to forfeit two thirds of your pension. The case has also been referred, interestingly enough, to Luxembourg prosecutors, so we may hear more from this. Uh, so it's that, uh, that's that's very rare that a thing like that happens. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot, it's rare, but a lot of the stories seem to be about uh, people money that's being distributed by the government and is that okay or uh, so the next story uh, do not hide farm aid data maybe, uh, maybe that was just my selection uh, this morning sure. <laughs> so Luxembourg limits data about cap subsidies on a public website for two years that's interesting well I think that's interesting because uh, uh, we know that the common agricultural policy does a lot of damage in, in environmental terms mm. the same ECA has has blasted it in a report uh, this year we talked and I talked about that, I don't know if you remember. Uh, but a lot of that money is spent on... Uh, on Pro- sort of propping up farming that it isn't of use to anyone. Really. Purebred, uh, you know, yeah. 1960s, let's raise production uh, methodology uh-huh. and let's kill nature because then we can grow more uh, more crops. And uh, and that's is still a lot of the money goes into that. So I, as a journalist, I would like to see which companies, for instance, in Luxembourg are getting that money, how are they spending it, and what's the result of that? So this case was about a transparency, uh, a, a transparency pressure group that said, well, we want to see the, we want to see what the money's been, who the money's been paid to, and the Luxembourg government said, well, we only posted for the past two years, and uh, so every two years, you can, you can look two years back, but what happened before that, you can no longer see. Uh, and um, they said that's not fair. It's a European group. They do this in every country where that's the case. They uh, they uh, they act against it. <clears throat> and uh, the Luxembourg transparency body said, well, uh, we think uh, these data should be published. But as you know, also because we've looked at this in the past as well, the transparency body or the Commission for Access to Documents, I think, is as, as it's called. They have that's not a binding verdict that they say. So they can recommend it, but whether the government then actually or will publish it, it remains to be seen. Then, then this transparency could go to court, but uh, it might be a long-winded story. So, okay. Yeah. Well, more on that probably. I've been thinking about doing stories like, like, look, if you look at, the, if you go to the forests in the north, you see a lot of dead trees, and that, uh-huh. I know that that's a crop that was planted. So, I'd like to see was there EU subsidies for all those dead trees that you see in the forest up in the north? For instance, mm. be an interesting story. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even actually on my own drive home, there is I, I drive through large yeah. cor- corn fields, right, and uh, about half of them were harvested about 
three weeks ago and there's a whole load of other ones that have just seemed to have been left uh, and yeah. they seem to be just sitting there and, and starting to go a little bit I wonder is that is that but the subsidies are going I don't know I, I don't know right. I mean I generally also know nothing about corn farming so perhaps that they're they're fine sitting there waiting I don't know I'm with you on that but um, <laughs> Luxembourg to scrap legal cannabis plan says this story well, sort of a bit Sort of a bit. Uh, Sam Tansen was the first uh, to come out and say, she was asked about uh, the cannabis plant. We'll know more this month. It's October now, right? Yes, we'll mm-hmm. know no more because the, the government is going to come forward with this plan. Uh, but as you know, when the coalition came, they said, we're such a liberal country, we're going to legalize cannabis. And uh, and then Luxembourg's neighbors were like, hang on, you're going to what? <laughs> legalize cannabis? <laughs> uh, also, people always say, like in my own country, Netherlands, Oh, it's legal, right? Well, no, it's not legal. Sure, uh, it's not. It's not. It's been decriminalized, and if you have a small quantity on you, you won't get in trouble. But it's not legal, so uh, it would would have been a really big step for Luxembourg to actually legalize it. Um, it, it could have led to all kinds of, of problems on the border. So when Sam Tansen was asked on uh, on on the radio. Uh, a while back, she she wouldn't confirm anything of of the plans, and that also that we wrote that story. So we were like, oh, that's interesting. So maybe it's going to change. And now uh, Radio Hundred Komazib, they uh, they had uh, they spoken to Leonard, and she was always like, ah, well, no, well, let's see. You'll hear more about it in in October. So it does sound like uh, the plans are going. One of the things she said is that people may be allowed to to grow small quantities of marijuana themselves in their homes or in their right. Or, so so we're not going to be seeing. Shops and cafes, like you do, uh, it doesn't look like it. It no. doesn't look like that. No. But if you've got a thing got on your small, balcony or a greenhouse, yeah, in your greenhouse, like and you you manage to, I mean, homegrown marijuana. I don't know if that's going to be a great commercial. Well, I don't know. Well, but it, the fact that sounds is, like I guess a, that it's not a commercial thing, right? It's that not it's commercial, and it, that sounds like a very small step, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, police raid doctor's office after he helps COVID denier. Psychiatrist deemed anti-masked activist uh, should be granted exception to rule in order to prevent anxiety attacks. We just we just couldn't resist writing that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so here, yeah, it's interesting because it, how often does it happen that police storm a doctor's o- uh, office? I don't think very much, very often. Uh, so I mean, is there a reason for raiding an office? I was wondering that. Because this this guy who comes goes to his doctor was a psychiatrist, and uh, he said I've I've uh, I've got anxiety and fears and I can't wear a mask. Sure. And and so the doctor said wrote him a note said this guy doesn't have to wear a mask. And then he goes online and says, haha, I'm an anti-vaxxer, and uh, my doctor wrote me a note that I don't uh, need, wear a ma- uh, need a mask. I encourage you to all go to your doctors and do the same. And uh-huh. so he made a big. Uh, anti-vax spiel out of it on social media and apparently he was a known anti-covid sure. uh, anti-covid uh, activist and uh, I, whether the police were thinking that his doctor should have known that and should have been more cautious in in writing out that prescription or whether something else uh, was the case i don't know but but, uh, but again why raid his office you know give him a phone knock on the door and be like Maybe don't do this or something. I, I, <laughs> you know, uh, do you, I, like I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand either. We'll, we'll what were they going to find? Just the notepad on which he wrote. Yeah, well, he definitely wrote it. <laughs> now we've got him. It's an, intriguing, it's an intriguing story. For, right? what, what have you got exactly? I just I find it completely well, Luxembourg weird. is struggling with a low, uh, well, not with a low vaccination rate, but with a vaccination rate that could be higher. Mm. And um, maybe everybody's just getting a little bit nervous about it. I don't know. Yeah. 
It, there you go. It didn't look good on on Facebook if you look at those posts. Sure. No. No. Sure. I I I, I absolutely say that. I, so he the the psychiatrist himself denies issuing the certificate for false reasons. I mean, I'm sure he didn't know that this was going to blow up in this sort of way. Um, I I mean, I guess that, it wasn't. I, apparently, I don't know it wasn't his. Pa- apparently, it wasn't his patient because his he had been referred to by a by a colleague. Yeah. Can you take this patient uh, from me because he mm-hmm. wants this, but I'm I'm not confident writing the note. Yeah, because I, I mean I don't know if anyone has the authority to say that you don't have to. I don't know if that's a thing. N- n- no, unless he knew that the guy was, you know. Yeah, because pe- people talk. Oh, you can get a letter from your doctor say you don't have to, or you've got this pass. Uh, right. I don't think that actually exists. I don't think anyone actually. You know um, unless, I mean? unless he knew that the guy didn't have anxiety mm. and wrote him the note anyway, if they can prove that. Yeah, I guess so, but... Nah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird one. And I, all, of this, all of the details about that are making a strange story. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Everything exactly. is, like, weird. Uh, right. Uh, Dowie, is there anything else we, we should be looking out for this week? Uh, well, our magazine is out and in Hooray. the kiosks this weekend. And I recommend you people uh, look at it because it's a good one this time. We've uh, this time, big story. <laughs> well, I say that every time. It's good every time. But what what what's features? Uh, we wrote a long story about why the train to Brussels is so slow. Hooray! Yeah, and that. Uh, did, did, did you find a reason? Many reasons. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. good. We also found many reasons why it doesn't have to be slow. Good. <laughs> be much faster. And uh, we sent uh, Emery uh, went uh, went there with the photographer. He, I said, take the train to Brussels and see how slow it is. And he was very much in luck because he, he had lots of delays and it took him, I think, five hours to get there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was our lucky day for reporting. <laughs> right, well, you can check that out on all newsstands and uh, luxime.lu for all of the uh, other stories. Indeed. And uh, Emery, oh, sorry, Dowie, thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you next time. All righty, bye. Listen in Fridays, times like this on ROCT Radio.